When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Just when you thought the media couldn't get any more batshit crazy, Trump beat COVID over the weekend and made a triumphant return to the White House. NBC held a carefully scripted town hall for Joe Biden, but it wasn't enough to save Dementia Joe. And Chuck Schumer's trying to shut down the Senate with China virus scares to block the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. With these stories and more from an American nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is Right Now. And thank you for tuning in to Right Now. We broadcast live each weekday at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Mojo 5 radio network. You can catch us live online on iHeartRadio or on demand wherever you get your podcasts. But this conversation never ends. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Right Now Jim Dawes, or you can shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. You can leave your rants in the form of a voicemail or a text on the vent line at 772-245-0750. You know, it's uh, it's reached the point of farce now, the media's coverage of this president. Uh, They've they've been absolutely broken by four years of uh, having their credibility just uh, uh, thrown in the ditch on the Russia hoax and the impeachment and Stormy and 25th Amendment and just story after story they've been they've been discredited with. And, uh, you know, they, they told us on Friday that the president uh, was uh, in dire danger from the COVID inve- infection, and uh, he had such uh, um, comorbidities that he was likely to die. <laughs> Then he did his motorcade, and uh, and they lost their minds, and they have yet to recover. Trump returned to the White House, of course, yesterday, and I I, I just wish that he had done so in a motorcade, uh, announced well in advance, so his supporters could have lined the route from Bethesda, Maryland, back to the White House. The effect uh, this episode has had on CNN and MSNBC and in the pages of the Wall Street Journal and New York Times and Washington Post. As I say, it's past the point of, um, you know, a, a curiosity. It is now to the point of utter farce. It's like a, a Monty Python skit at this point. They could actually do Saturday Night Live skits, but of course they're grinding an axe over there too, so they won't do it. But uh, Trump took the uh, Marine One helicopter back from Walter Reed to the White House. And uh, here's, a, here's what it sounded like after, uh, as Trump was leaving Walter Reed Hospital, a reporter shouted this question at him. 
Secret Service have preceded him. He's now standing, waving, fist showing, shaking his fists of, of support. And uh, he's masked here, leaving the Walter Reed Medical Center. This is a live shot, as we've been staying on this for the hour. Here it comes. Uh, here is the president. Not unclear whether he will be speaking to the assembled press in the front. He's getting shouted questions now. Let's take a listen. Do you think you might be a super spreader, Mr. President? Do you think you might be a super spreader, Mr. President? So that's the level of discourse we have in the media now. Of course, you know, anybody by this reporter's reasoning that uh, has the virus uh, should stay in the hospital the whole time and never return home. The president um, gave this uh, short speech when he arrived back uh, at the White House. I just left Walter Reed Medical Center. And it's really something very special. The doctors, the nurses, the first responders. And I learned so much about coronavirus. And one thing that's for certain, don't let it dominate you. Don't be afraid of it. You're going to beat it. We have the best medical equipment. We have the best medicines, all developed recently. And you're going to beat it. I went. I didn't feel so good And two days ago, I could have left two days ago. Two days ago, I felt great, like better than I have in a long time. I said just recently, better than 20 years ago. Don't let it dominate. Don't let it take over your lives. Don't let that happen. We have the greatest country in the world. We're going back. We're going back to work. We're going to be out front. As your leader, I had to do that. I knew there's danger to it, but I had to do it. I stood out front. I led. Nobody that's a leader would not do what I did. And I know there's a risk, there's a danger, but that's okay. And now I'm better, and maybe I'm immune. I don't know. But don't let it dominate your lives. Get out there. Be careful. We have the best medicines in the world, and it all happened very shortly, and they're all getting approved, and the vaccines are coming momentarily. You know, they keep saying, listen to the experts, listen to the experts. Well, the experts are not telling people what they need to hear. The fact of the matter is this virus is weakening because the very uh, uh, deadly strains are are not replicating. They're killing their host, and, uh, and the strains that are left, the ones that we're dealing with now, are much weaker and less lethal than early in this um, pandemic. You know, it, it, it really uh, baffles me why uh, the experts, the scientists, didn't tell us very early on in this um, this pandemic, to to take measures to strengthen your immune system, they're really very easy. All you have to do is take, uh, you know, a double dosage of vitamin D, take a zinc supplement, uh, drink lots of tonic water. It has quinine in it, the very same uh, mechanism that hydroxychloroquine uses to allow zinc access to the cells so that it can kill the virus, so that your immune system can kill the virus. But uh, the president landed on the South Lawn of the White House, and then he he walked up to the White House wearing a mask while they were shouting. The reporters were shouting questions at him, and he wasn't answering. That seemed to piss them off. But then it really pushed them over the edge when he uh, went up to the White House balcony, and the first thing he did after being you know twenty feet away from anybody was remove his mask. Here's what that sounded like. This is obviously Here it's gonna come. A, Here we go. A, a very different. Takes it off. An incorrect message. 
And you see him here. Um, he takes it off, and he's getting ready for his pictures. The flags flank him. Right, Caitlin? This is what he did. This is the moment. This is what he produced it for. He wants the image to be, I'm strong. This virus is nothing. His tweet today, feeling better than I did 20 years ago. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. There he is. This is the image he wants. Can you imagine if the, these media uh, idiots were uh, on the air during the World War II, for example? They would utterly destroy this, ability, this uh, nation's ability to fight and defend itself because they would always be second-guessing the leader. And if he ever tried to show strength or resolve like the president did yesterday— they would say that that's unwarranted and that he's uh, giving people false hopes. As a matter of fact, that's what the media did in the form of Walter Cronkite uh, during the Vietnam War, which actually did destroy this nation's will to uh, to fight. But, you know, it's, it's very curious to look at the contrast. Before the president went into Walter Reed, they were saying, well, he's uh, he's loaded down with comorbidities, and this just very way may well kill him. The one thing we now know for certain is that politics is superseding medicine here. When I watched, I'm watching that car, the parade yesterday with him in the car, that was right out of a dictator's playbook. It's a karmic twist. Because Trump has deployed the politics of sickness in this campaign. The president seemed to be flirting uh, with the coronavirus by not wearing a mask and going to big rallies. I would never want to say that the president is experiencing steroid-induced psychosis, but um, it is certainly concerning to see some of his actions today. His response has been homicidal negligence. He has failed to protect the American people. Well, that was actually the wrong clip. That was the clip where they were just talking about, uh, you know, how the, the president's a dictator and in in the form of um, uh, Bernstein on CNN. He's a homicidal maniac. <laughs> Maybe this is the clip I meant to play for you. Uh, this is, uh, I think, the media reacting to his return to the White House. But there are, of course, these concerns. He has these comorbidities. He's 74 years old. He's clinically... No, that's actually the clip I was supposed to play for you to begin with. This is the one uh, when he was diagnosed with COVID and they were telling us he was going to die. But there are, of course, these concerns. He has these comorbidities. He's 74 years old. He's clinically obese. He has all of the risk factors that uh, are suggestive of uh, severe morbidity and, and mortality. President Trump is a man in his 70s who is obese. Uh, he also had a trip to Walter Reed. We don't know what that was about. Clinical obesity and high cholesterol put him in a high-risk category for a more severe response and reaction to the disease. The president is 74 years old, which makes him five times more likely to be hospitalized. He obviously is 90 times more likely to die than a young person. The president of the United States is in the hospital, diagnosed with a potentially deadly virus for which there is no cure. <laughs> That's the media doing their chicken little while at the same time fat shaming the president. You know, I remember reading uh, a, a lot of articles. I think it's kind of established fact now that um, men who are carrying a little extra weight, maybe the president's carrying too much extra weight, but men who are carrying uh, an extra 10 or 15 pounds are actually healthier, older men, I should say. 
healthier uh, by doing that. Uh, they, they did studies and they found out that uh, men carrying a little extra weight into their later years are actually healthy. But all of that, of course, is off the table now because Donald Trump is uh, clinically obese. Here's Jim Acosta over at CNN doing his best to whip up the frenzy around Trump's return to the White House. Oh, that's right, Wolf. They'll try to ask him some questions as he comes into the White House. But keep in mind, this is not just the president returning to the White House. This may be patient zero. Uh, This is the virus coming back to the White House. And I will tell you, Wolf, having been here all day, it is eerily quiet uh, and empty inside the corridor. He's patient zero. What have we had? Six million uh, uh, positive tests at this point. If you if you tested twice that the number of the population to have twice that amount, we we're probably um, on our way at this point. Despite the best efforts of uh, of these lockdowns to herd immunity, here's the point where uh, Trump took took his mask off on the uh, on the White House balcony. This morning, the fact is, denial won't help you. Makeup won't help you. And based on what we've just heard and seen, the president won't help you. Now, masks will help you. But the president made a grand theatrical gesture of whipping his off at his Sunset Boulevard return to the White House. (laughs) He whipped it off. (laughs) Ah, well, I guess whipping it off is better than whipping it out. (laughs) Oh, my God. They really, uh, they condemn him for removing his mask when he's standing by himself at least 20 yards away from the closest other person. They think he is supposed to wear the mask in order to send a message. Well, by that logic, well, I guess CNN may actually believe that. Uh, Jake Tapper posted a, on uh, on Twitter a picture of himself in the break room wearing a mask, and he said, even by myself in the break room, I wear a mask because I'm an adult. Well, by that logic, Jake Tapper should be wearing a mask on air at CNN in the studio. They've got cameramen standing there. They're probably 15 feet away. Why aren't you wearing a mask on air when you have these panels at CNN? Why aren't y'all all all wearing a mask? It's just reached the point of absolute absurdity. Let's listen to the rest of this clip. A reckless return to the White House for President Trump. While likely contagious, Trump still removing his mask on the White House balcony to pose for photos in his highly produced homecoming before going inside. The only thing I heard was one of the tweets saying that, you know, don't be so concerned about all this, essentially. There's a lot to be concerned about. 210,000 people have died. He started to say 210 million again. (laughs) President... And by the way, uh, th- that clip was from the town hall meeting on NBC. We're going to have more coverage of that later in the show. But Joe Biden was on stage at this town hall event telling people that they must wear masks while standing in the middle of a uh, theater in the round presentation, not wearing a mask. <laughs> I'm looking at a clip now that I'm about to finish playing for you. It's got all of these talking heads on air demanding that the president wear a mask while 
themselves not wearing masks. In that Sunset Boulevard gesture, whipped his mask off in front of the American people on the nightly news last night. So, as a doctor whose job it is, you know, take it off. Please don't even put it on the screen. Please take it off. Because that's going to kill people. How we be? That's going to kill people. Taking his mask off is going to kill people, says John Berman, while sitting on a set at CNN not wearing a mask. Over the next few months, will determine whether we have 270,000 dead Americans by the end of this year or over 400,000 dead Americans. And the president has sent a message to the American people, let's go for the 400,000 number. Uh, here's Rudy Giuliani appearing on Fox News talking about the science behind masks. Hey to Joe Biden there. Well, I would say to, to Joe that you don't really understand what scientists are. First of all, listen to your doctors. That's for sure. They know your personal history. Doctors really aren't scientists. When they're, Scientists uh, almost always have competing opinions. That's what science is about. Science isn't a didactic, dogmatic religion. <laughs> so, uh, there's almost, almost every principle of this kind of science, you know, medical science, has uh, conflicting opinions. And, uh, for example, it, it, it isn't science to be wearing that mask, Joe, when you're giving a speech and the people are 30 or 40 feet away from you. The only thing you can infect when, you, uh, when you're doing that is, is a teleprompter that's closer to you. So I, I see through you. I mean, that's a, that's a political statement to scare people wearing that mask. You do not need that mask when you're standing on a podium and nobody is within half a football field of you. Well, he didn't have so his mask the, on the other Democrats night at the debate, um, and I would imagine that you nobody know, put it on. But he, but he put it on. But he put it on the other day, giving a speech where the closest person to him was probably a hundred yards, and he the thing was almost up to his eyes. Yep, it's all about sowing fear, sowing, sowing uh, anxiety, keeping the American people whipped up into this this uh, COVID phobia. I guess that's not a fair term. I, I don't like it when people use that term phobia when it's not. It, it there There is reason to be concerned, but uh, the president's absolutely right. You can't be fearful. You can't let this thing dominate your life. At this point in the pandemic, it's very clear how to move forward. You isolate the vulnerable populations and you let everybody else go about their business because you'll achieve herd immunity while at the same time suffering a death rate of of the people that are not in the risk groups less than that of the seasonal flu. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Well, on yesterday's show, I pointed out this latest NBC Wall Street Journal poll that was released on Sunday that showed Joe Biden with a 14-point lead in the national popular vote over Donald Trump. It was 53 to 39 percent, according to NBC Wall Street Journal. 
And I told you that that was uh, just the most glaring and recent example of the way that the media use these polls and try to, in order to try to shape public opinion rather than reflect public opinion. Well, the specifics of this poll are now coming out, and it turns out that they overweighted the Democrats in this poll. First of all, it was a very small sample. Only 18, I'm sorry, only 800 voters were sampled. But they overweighted Democrats in that sample of 800 by 8%. Now, that's really glaring in light of uh, recent Gallup polling that have shown that uh, the the self-identification of voters as Democrat have fallen pretty substantially over these last several months of the Democrats' refusal to to um, condemn Black Lives Matter and Antifa, and people are starting to realign in the populace uh, and and identify more as Republicans and less as Democrats. If you take those uh, those those same polls and you properly weight them as uh, the the Gallup and the Democracy Institute and other polls have found uh, as self-identified Democrats being 37 percent and self-identified Republicans being 35, a two-point swing instead of an eight-point swing, then you find out that these these polls are neck and neck. Almost every one of them are within the three-point margin of error. So they did this back in 2016 with the Hillary, and you had all of these uh, these great episodes where people were telling you that it was a a lock that Hillary Clinton was going to win this election. And then they, and that resulted in the uh, November third meltdown that was uh, that we all saw and so enjoyed when uh, when just the opposite happened. The real um, issue here is the economy. People are suffering economically. Yes, the economy is coming roaring back, but there still is a lot of a lot, a lot of economic anxiety and suffering out in America, and on that count the president enjoys a 48 to 41 percent lead over joe biden and i expect uh in these coming days that um, the trump campaign is going to start uh, start highlighting the the risk to the economy if we let old joe biden and his giant tax cuts back into the white house but the uh, Democrat politicians in the various states and cities are continuing to try to uh, keep these shutdowns in place long enough to to keep a lid on the economy. In New York City, uh, the communist mayor, Bill de Blasio, is, uh, is reinstituting shutdowns, and he's doing it on the basis of zip codes. Zip codes in Manhattan to try to stop the spread of a virus. So apparently now the Chinese virus knows your zip code. Maybe we should all go disinfect our mailboxes. But it's so stupid it makes your head hurt. The the zip codes, because uh, Manhattan is so densely populated, are very small. And uh, if you shut down the, the restaurants and the stores and the shops in one of these little zip codes, people are just going to go from that area, which... Apparently, de Blasio would have us believe are, are experiencing spikes in the infection. 
If you shut down those zip codes, people will just walk outside of those zip codes and spread the virus more. And that's, you know, you don't have to be an epidemiologist or a, a, a great thinker to, to see that. So again, you have to ask yourself the question, is this really about your health? Or is Bill de Blasio in New York actually instituting r- rules that will uh, further the spread of coronavirus? His counterpart at New York State, Governor Andrew Cuomo, is uh, threatening to shut down uh, synagogues and churches if they don't comply with their their uh, lockdown rules. He says, if you're not willing to live with the rules, I'm going to close the synagogues. Now think back if you ever heard Andrew Cuomo make a single statement about the risk of these giant protests in the streets of Manhattan and whether or not those people ought to socially distance or wear masks or he'd shut them down. It's not about your health. It's about trying to hamper the economy and keep it from recovering while at the same time empowering their riots in the streets. We're going to run out to a break, and when we come back, we'll take a look at that uh, town hall that NBC put on for Joe Biden last night. Spoiler alert, it did not go well. Right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Stick with us. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Well, last night on Tucker's show, he uh, had, had a segment on a high school teacher out of Tacoma, Washington, doing online classes. And a 10th grade student uh, happened to be videoing videoing his uh his class when the uh the student expressed support for donald trump he said that uh the the question was uh, who he admired the 10th grade student said he admired donald trump which set the teacher off and he went on a long screed a uh, a condemnation of the student and of trump basically unhinged and uh, tucker was pointing out that this is a uh, this is probably a good development or one of the silver linings of this remote learning that, that uh, students are being forced into. And that is that parents are, uh, are, are getting a education of their own on uh, this indoctrination that our students are undergoing in, uh, in schools. Well, we've got another episode of that. This is a, a UMass professor. Her name is 
Esther Shapiro, teaches at the University of Massachusetts, one of our most respected so-called institutes of higher learning, when she uh, is caught on video basically calling the president a Nazi and a child molester and and such things. This clip goes on uh, quite a bit, but uh, it is really a prime example of how the cultural Marxists have infected higher education. We thought this would never happen again. We thought we were never going to see fascism of the Nazi Germany sort ever again. We now have children on the border in cages. We have the criminalization of immigrants. We have a criminal who's a president and who's going down in flames. Don't think he's not. We have the Republican militias with armbands preparing to go to the polling booths. They are preparing for election suppression, for voter suppression. The minute a Republican majority had appointed most of the judges, they removed, um, I, can't, I can't look at the chats, um, I have cognitive processing issues. Um, the minute uh, the Supreme Court was challenged to say, do we still have voter suppression in the United States? They said no with no evidence. And we now have the problem of having to go county by county, state by state, to address the manipulation of the vote. The only Republican strategy right now. And look, I didn't used to say Republican Democrat, but now that we have Nazis, we got to do it. I don't think Donald Trump's a Nazi. Okay. All right. Great, Mary. This is not the debate I'd like to have. You asked <laughs> me a question. Right. And let's have this offline, okay? Uh, uh, I'm, I've got to be done with Mary. No, but excuse, uh, I'm very glad to share my share the resources I have to understand. All right, so maybe he's not a Nazi. Maybe he's just a fraud and a criminal. Well, can I just say this- something, please? I, it's about the children at the border. Are you aware of how many children are trafficked into this country? Oh, Mary, of course I am. Because I think that's a really big human rights issue that no one speaks about. And so, Mary, you would like us to talk about trafficked children? All right. Uh, Let's do it some other time. Um, Okay. Was there something? How am I? (sighs) Esther Shapiro, a tenured professor at the University of Massachusetts, uh, claims that the the president of the United States is a Nazi and a fascist and uh, continues this line that he's a He's holding children in cages at the border. First of all, those uh, those children are being trafficked by coyotes, and they're brought over. You can't uh, you can't reunite them with the parents, so there has to be some way of um, you know segregating them. And the president uh, was using the facilities that were built during the Obama administration, which included holding pens while they're processed. They're moved in and out of there as quickly as possible. And uh, and basically what's happening is uh, people from parents from Central America are dumping their children on the United States and the United States taxpayers. And for that, Esther Shapiro would have you believe that this president is a Nazi. 
It's unbelievable. So uh, the media, is, of course, is uh, is handling Joe Biden with kid gloves. He is very fragile. He he can't be pushed on anything. And last night, um, NBC held an hour long town hall uh, for Joe Biden. And if you really think about the format of these town halls, the uh, the questioners that are supposedly in the town hall are called on specifically because the producers, in this case NBC have screened their questions. And uh, last night during this one-hour town hall hosted by Lester Holt, there was only one question that really put Joe Biden on the spot. The rest of them were softballs that were designed to allow him to, you know, to look good. NBC did everything in its power that it could, but it still didn't wasn't enough uh, for Joe Biden. At one point during the the event he claimed that uh, the Obama administration had uh, uh, granted clemency or amnesty for 18,000 people well quite quickly um, Republican fact checkers uh, pointed out that no they didn't grant clemency they denied clemency for 18,000 so right there in that one little example you showed uh, either Joe Biden's complete lack uh, uh, of a grasp on the facts or a, a thorough dishonesty. I'm inclined to be, believe the last. But you didn't hear any questions about packing the court. That's the big question that everybody wants to know from the Democrats. There wasn't any questions there. Nothing about doing away with the filibuster or adding uh, the District of Columbia, um, a, a city, making it a state, or uh, about Puerto Rico. There was that one um, question that put Joe Biden on the spot that I mentioned, and that was a follow-up to the question or the uh, the exchange during the presidential debate where Trump pointed out to Biden that he had no uh, law enforcement support. We'll go back to uh, Tuesday and listen to that clip before we listen to how Biden handled it at last night's town hall. That's He's talking exactly, about defunding the that, police. That is not true. He doesn't have any would, law would you, support. Look, he has no law enforcement that's support. That's not true. Almost that's nothing. Not, that, look. Oh, Roy, who do you have? Name one group that supports you. Name one group that came out and supported you. Go look, ahead. Look, think. We have time. We don't have time to do no, anything. No, no. All right. Name right, folks, one law enforcement folks, group that folks, came I out think, and I supported think, gentlemen, you. Gentlemen, I think I'm going to tell And there's... There's Chris Wallace springing to Joe Biden's defense. Well, here's what it sounded like at last night's town hall. And uh, a little truth did leak out. Good evening, Mr. Vice President. As a mother of a police officer and the wife of a retired police officer, served 28 years, the term defunding the police is of concern and troubling. I understand that police departments do need reform, We need to serve and protect safely and properly. With that being said, I would like to know what you and your administration's policies in reforming the police, how those will come about, how how they will be best handled to ensure police officer safety and the public's and the citizens' safety as well. I grew up in a neighborhood 
were the guys I grew up in my working class neighborhood. Either became cops, firefighters, or priests. I wasn't qualified to be any one of them. I have had overwhelming support from police my whole career up until this year, as your husband will tell you. <laughs> yeah, up until this year, you did have support because uh, this was the year where you refused to condemn Black Lives Matter or Antifa rioting. And uh, and started talking about reimagining police and diverting funds away from the police department. At a time when uh, crime is starting to make a comeback because of these uh, Democrat governors and mayors, Joe Biden has allowed himself to get on the wrong side of the law and order issue. This is uh, this is a, a, a clip from Joe Biden. This was uh, before the town hall, but uh, it. It really illustrates uh, something when it comes to Joe Biden and his uh, his fascination, a very unhealthy fascination with uh, with young people. The boy just can't help it. Good news is for me, I'm here. The bad news for you is I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And I want to see these beautiful young ladies. I want to see them dancing when they're four years older, too. Oh, it's great to see you. So, thank- oh man, can you imagine the coverage that uh, that that would have received if it was Donald Trump saying that, pointing at these uh, girls, saying, "I want to see you dancing when I come uh, back four years older." He also said this recently, uh, another example of something that uh, Donald Trump would ac- absolutely be excoriated if he said it. You see, geez, the reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. What is up with that? I was able to stay sequestered in my basement because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. That's a weird worldview this guy's got. If... If they were allowed to get on a stage and have a unfiltered debate, uh, Joe Biden would, would be toast. But the media is, uh, is all in. And they've become stupid, so stupid, that I'm afraid it's actually dragging down the average IQ of this, the American citizen. They're dumbing down America. Some of the most formally prestigious publications have, have simply become their own, uh, their own versions of Mad Magazine. Maureen Dowd over at the New York Times said, when Trump walked through the doors, Walter Reed had a stellar reputation. As he walks out 72 hours later, its reputation is in tatters. There's nothing Trump can't ruin so, so because Walter Reed took the president in, returned him to health quickly, and discharged him, which is exactly their mandate, get him back on the job. Marine Dowd says the repu- its reputation is in tatters. Jennifer Rubin over the Washington Post, I guess, is sort of the the counterpart to Marine Dowd, uh, took off on a a screed saying that um, that if the Democrats win the the Senate and the House in the upcoming election, that they should 
defund Walter Reed. <laughs> she wants him to take the money away because they didn't comply with the, the left's demands. Let's take a look at Jennifer Rubin's Twitter feed. Let's see. Trump won't say when last tested negative. Let's assume the worst. He had a negative test Saturday night. He could have been tested positive on Sunday. Infected the debate preppers. Risk infecting Biden all the way up until Hope Hicks' case was uncovered. That's an effort by Jennifer Rubin to try to obscure the fact that in the uh, the most likely scenario was Donald Trump caught this infection at the debate where, by the way, both uh, candidates and the moderator were, I guess they're probably 10 or 12 feet apart. They weren't wearing a mask. Chris Wallace wasn't wearing a mask, but now they're all trying to mask shame everybody. Jennifer Rubin says, imagine a white house, housekeeper or laundry employee or anyone who would come in contact with his COVID cloud. It's disturbing to know that doctors can be as irresponsible and spineless as politicians. This is why the medical profession must police itself. Pay attention to the scientists, follow the, the advice of the experts, unless they disagree with me. And then they're, they're hacks and we need to defund the hospital. It goes on and on. Stick with us. We're going to run out to a break. We'll be right back. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. Yeah, the media was all prepared for, uh, you know, Donald Trump to be in the hospital on a ventilator and maybe a death's door. They thought this was going to be their big salvation of getting the bad orange man out of the white house. And now that Donald Trump was able to walk out of Walter Reed hospital and back into the white house, they've absolutely lost their minds and they're back to their same old songs. Uh, you know, Donald Trump is a Nazi. All his supporters are fascists. Here's a clip from CNN where, uh, reliable sources with, uh, Tater, Brian Stetler, he's got a, uh, a New Yorker magazine writer on named Marsha Gessen comparing Trump to Stalin and hoping he dies. Marsha, what do you see happening in America right now with a country unable to know what to believe about the president's health? Well, you know, Brian, uh, there have been a lot of comparisons to the Soviet Union in the last couple of days, and I think they're not unwarranted. There have? Well, I guess there have been, uh, it's all been from CNN and MSNBC and, uh, and other unhinged outlets in the last couple of days. And I think they're not unwarranted. Uh, the particular period that I'm thinking about is something that I've written about a lot, which were the days uh, of Stalin's death watch, right? When 
the the foreign correspondents and the domestic correspondents, such as they were, um, all knew what was going on. Nobody was giving them any information. Everybody was expecting. They all knew what was going on. No one was giving them any information. The final call, right? Um, and the planet filled with rumor. And the thing is, it's not so much what we're being told by White House officials or by the doctors. You can actually create a reasonable narrative from all the things that they have put out there. It is the palpable sense that people are not speaking, that there are withholding information. And of course, the sense of total lack of credibility that's been palpable the sense. last four years. Right. And that's the backdrop for all of this. Carl Cameron, I think the, the, the question here is, do you have any? <sighs> this was Carl Cameron about to, to answer one of Tater's questions. Carl Cameron, formerly of Fox News, used to have a little bit of credibility. He was uh, he decided that he was going to go out on his own and join the hashtag resistance. Total and complete flop. But now apparently CNN has signed him up as a uh, talking head. Advice for the journalists trying to keep up with all these stories. Frankly, Carl, any advice for the public trying to keep up with all this news? Yeah, I think we have to take a really close look at what's happening today and then just rewind it uh, to the campaign of 2015 and 2016 in which most Republicans voted for somebody else during the Republican nomination race uh, in the various different states up until the very last moment where Trump won a plurality of Republicans for the Republican nomination. And what we have now is is a prima facie evidence of a person who became president by gaslighting the public, hiding his own failures, his lack of capacity and ability, and now finds himself in Walter Reed Hospital with a virus that he essentially convinced a good portion of the country was not a threat to their lives. Uh, Where do you start with that little screed? So... He's unqualified, and he gaslighted his way into the White House and uh, promptly upon getting there increased uh, the employment rate in this country uh, to the uh, highest level in its history uh, and on the flip side uh, uh, decreased the the unemployment rate to the lowest level in its history, had the market at record highs, was reforming trade deals and securing the border, everything that he said that he would do during the – 2016 presidential election, he did. But according to Carl Cameron, he tricked his way into getting in there. He was unqualified and wasn't going to be able to do it. Now he's in Walter Reed Hospital and he's going to die. You know, and this is not just a case in the media of uh, of unhinged talking heads. They're actually uh, completely perverting uh, the whole profession of journalism over at the associated press their style book is basically the standard of how writers or are supposed to um use words in uh in uh news reports and they have recently uh, made a change to the style book to discourage the use of the word riot they don't want you using the word right anymore they want to expand the definition of protest to include riots. So if you have, or or to include violence, excuse me, they want to expand the definition of protest to include violence. 
So if you have a so-called peaceful protest that devolves into a violent riot, you're still required, according to the new changes to the Associated Press style book, to call them protests. Maybe you're no longer able to call them peaceful protests, but you will still just call them protests. The Associated Press says, use care in deciding which term best applies. A riot is a wild or violence disturbance of the peace involving a group of people. The term riot suggests uncontrolled chaos and pandemonium. Well, isn't that what we've seen? Focusing on rioting and property destruction rather than the underlying grievance has been used in the past to stigmatize broad swaths of people protesting against lynching, police brutality, or for racial justice, going back to the urban uprisings of the 1960s. So they can't even bring themselves to point out that the uh, the the so-called protests of the 1960s very often did involve rioting, violent rioting on a mass scale. In Los Angeles, in Detroit, in New York, in city after city across this country in the 1960s, what the AP now refers to as urban uprisings were in fact violent riots. And these are what we're seeing today is the most violent riots we have seen since the 1960s. It's all just too much. Let's take a a little break and listen to um, Ryan Parker's latest ballad uh, on uh, supporting Trump's re-election, Ryan P. Songs on Twitter. You ought to follow him and uh, take a listen. Here is Trump, the outsider. Already part of the one. Let me let me try to do a better job with that. Here we go. He was already part of the 1%, but he was called to be our president. So he took no money, took no bribes, and began a four-year diatribe against the ones who want our great country to be less than first and less than free. The swamp is crying for control of America's heart and soul. He's the outsider they all hate Who can make our country great He's the outsider they despise You can tell by all their lies All the fake news and the Twitter bans Should tell you that Trump is the man To save our country, the real rough rider Trump's the outsider best to drain the swamp, but it runs much deeper than he thought. Politicians, packs, and corporations, even media from our own nation. Obama, Clinton, Bush, and Biden all got richer from presiding over our country, the USA. But Trump's the man they cannot sway. He's the outsider they can't stand. President, oh, 
Ryan Parker at Ryan P songs on Twitter. You can find him on Facebook too. Can you imagine, um, this, that, that video clip there had 597 retweets. 832 likes. Can you imagine the level of suppression that Twitter has got to be going through to, uh, to keep that down? They've, they've got a, a moderator sitting in some room that's a, a, uh, assigned specifically to, uh, to monitor that account, make sure that it doesn't get viral. So tomorrow night, we've got the vice presidential debate between Mike Pence and Kamala Harris, and uh, that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, Kamala is going to come in there with her prosecutorial nasal whine, uh, you know, accusing Donald or well, accusing Donald Trump and Mike Pence of everything short of, well, it won't be short of anything. They'll they'll accuse him of uh, trying to destroy the nation and murder people and being Nazis putting kids in cages it'll be off the hook I think uh, Pence for his part has got to come in there and put Kamila on the spot and uh, and make her either refuse to condemn Antifa and Black Lives Matter or to, uh, to, to do that and alienate the left he's got plenty of quotes of Kamila supporting both of those groups if he will just uh, use them I think he'll uh, probably get it done but uh, we'll see. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow right here on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva Paper Towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department.